Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. While Manchester City look to be in the groove in the Premier League, any City fan can tell you that the Champions League can sometimes offer a reality check. Tonight, Pep Guardiola will face a familiar foe in the Bayern Munich dugout, Thomas Tuchel, who of course masterminded Chelsea's 2021 triumph at City's expense. So will Pep get his revenge or will he end up being accused of overthinking his tactics all over again? I'm Ian Irving and this is the Athletic Football Podcast. Like a very wise man once said to me, uh, we didn't lose the final, we just got one step closer. It's Sané! Too hot to handle! Whenever the floodlights come on and that anthem rings out, Bayern have turned it on this year. No, yesterday played the master, Jack Nicholas. How many great majors have played in his career? How many? He lose more than the win. That is sport. Pep could be seen as, if not the architect of his own problems, but at least as somebody who perhaps has given other teams ammunition. I think they'll win it this year. They've got seven years of Pep as opposed to like 10 days of Tuchel. That, that's a big difference. Well, that sets things up nicely for later on, doesn't it? We've got the Athletics, uh, German correspondent Rafa Honigstein and also our Manchester City correspondent Sam Lee along for this one. Sam, I'll start with you. Um, it feels like City are really firing, like I said at the top in the Premier League now. After that draw for Arsenal, are they the favourites in your mind to go on and lift the, the Premier League now? Oof. They normally have a really good run in, but that's normally from a position where they're at least you know top and fending off Liverpool. And if they've drawn, they've been able to have the luxury of Liverpool drawing as well. The fact that they're behind Arsenal and they need Arsenal to drop a few more points, it's still in Arsenal's hands, you know, in that sense of who I'll make favourites. But of course, that draw at Anfield did mean that, you know, if City just simply win the rest of their games, it means they probably win it. But then that would be um, most it's possible it would be level on points. So yeah, they're, they're looking really good. But it's gonna it's gonna go all the way, you know. We won't be able to call this with even two or three games left. I don't think it'll go all the way. No, and obviously their Premier League aspirations have to take a little break for the small matter of Bayern mm. Munich. Uh, incredibly, it's only the fourth game in charge this for Thomas Tuchel, Rafa. What sort of shape are Bayern in coming into this game, having only just changed from Julian Nagelsmann uh, a matter of weeks ago? It's not easy to answer this question, and that in itself is the problem. Yeah, uh, Bayern were looking for a real improvement in performances. The results have been good in the league with those two wins, but of course they had that setback losing in the cup against Freiburg on Tuesday, which was a real blow. Um, You could see in the overreaction by Joshua Kimmich after the final whistle at Freiburg just how big the pressure was on Bayern going into that game at Freiburg to regain not just some momentum in the league, but also get a a decent feeling going into this, this huge Champions League game. So... While there has been some sense of maybe a bit more purpose and a bit more clarity and the system is more defined under Tuchel, 
you still look around and there are players and uh, then of course collectively as well the whole team well short of their perfect form and Tuchel himself talked about a lack of belief a lack of lightness to the way they play a lack of creativity everything seems to be quite hard work at the moment so it's not the ideal preparation going into this game having said that we've had a similar situation before almost every big Champions League game for Bayern because they have been unconvincing throughout the season domestically but whenever the floodlights come on and that anthem rings out Bayern have turned it on this year eight wins out of eight only two goals conceded a bit of luck at times they should have perhaps conceded more goals but still a team that has saved the best for these big nights so that in itself will give them I think of a sense of maybe added confidence that they can believe they can turn it on when it really matters yeah Guardiola said recently Rafa that he admits he was brought into Manchester City to help the club get over the line in the Champions League. It's not quite happened for him yet. But is there a sense that actually, over a much shorter period, Tuchel has been brought in to get Bayern over the line this season in this competition as well? Yes, there would have been, of course, at the forefront of, of the thoughts of the Bayern board. But it's not just a Champions League. He was supposed to win all three titles. He's already lost one after that exit by Freiburg. So the pressure has ramped up a little bit more. Maybe not so much on him personally, but on on Bayern and their season to make sure that it still has a positive outcome. Bayern, because of that dominance in the league for the last 10 years, have measured themselves in terms of what they do in the Champions League. So while getting knocked out theoretically by Manchester City wouldn't be a a disgrace and wouldn't be on the same level of of embarrassment, if you will, as their exit against Villarreal was last year in in the quarters it would still represent a major disappointment and effectively a big chunk of their season being over uh, as far as, as sort of as the motivation and uh, the real excitement is concerned so it's it's a big one bayern didn't want to play against city they hope that thomas tuchel can give them maybe a slight edge but it's no more than that i think it still comes down to who's on the pitch uh, maybe maybe the fact that uh, Tuchel is on the other side will, will lead Pep to do something uh, strange as he has done in the past. But I'm not sure that was uh, really in the designs by Bayern and the board when they appointed Tuchel. <laughs> Just to get Tuchel along to make Pep overthink the quarterfinal. Yeah, I'm not quite sure it's as um, straightforward as that. Sam, are these the two strongest squads in the Champions League this year for you? It's possible, isn't it? Um, the thing with cities is they've always, or nearly always, got the most quality, but not the most numbers. Maybe not so much for this one because when they've got Sheffield United in the FA Cup, that means that after the second leg they can rest a few more players. Maybe there's more of a margin for error, and then go again. But when you start thinking about if they were to get to the semi-finals, yeah, they've got quality. But if a couple of players are injured, um, it starts to look a bit thin. Obviously, Bayern are really strong, and if Real Madrid, just this weird blend of like really young superstars and really old geniuses. Um, and they always seem to get it right. So, yeah, between those three, I guess. But uh, that's that's part of the intrigue of this game tonight, you know, City and and Bayern. It's a wonder they haven't played more recently. It, it feels like it happens quite often, but it hasn't really. And the fact that you know, Guardiola's now on in the other dugout, because I remember the games when he was Bayern manager bringing them to City. It'll be fascinating to see how they, how they play. But, I mean, I think the... The big question is how Tuckle's going to set them up because if he sets them up like he did in the last two 
Premier League games when he was Chelsea manager, then it'll just be parking the bus and seeing what happens on the counter attack. And although that's going to give City all of the ball, and although City did win those games and they look massively superior in the Champions League, when the margins are fine, you know, if Bayern score on the break where Romelu Lukaku couldn't 18 months ago, then it makes things harder. But then if Bayern try and open up a bit, they could have real problems with City winning the ball back high up, getting De Bruyne a fly in, getting Haaland in the box, taking shots. You can see City scoring a few a few goals. So in terms of who's got the decisions to make, okay, you know, Guardiola will, will always try something different. He'll hate that introduction you made about overthinking it. He'll ha- he hates that narrative. Um, but, he, you know, he, he acknowledges that he, he always makes changes. But whether it's over- overthinking or not is only decided by us based on whether they win or whether they lose. Um, but then Tuchel's got to decide what he wants to do. Does he want to stay kind of true to the football that Bayern fans want? Or does he give them maybe a better chance and, and park the bus like he did at Chelsea? So he's got decisions to make as well. I think there's a, there's a good chance that Tuchel will perhaps not park the bus, but take a slightly more reactive approach. We saw glimpses of, of that against Dortmund when they, by their own standards, set back quite, quite a lot and were happy for Dortmund to play and then hit them on the break. And I think it was Marco Royce afterwards who said, well, well all it did was counterattack against us, yes, but uh, they scored goal, four goals and could have had seven. Um, and when you look at the pace that Bayern have, and when you look at the kind of games that traditionally have been problematic for Manchester City and Pep Guardiola in the Champions League against teams with pace, against teams who are good on the break, maybe that is the, the better setup for a Bayern team who, of course, want to have the ball it's in their nature to have the possession. But because their pressing game hasn't really been on point throughout, well, I think the best part of um, two years now, maybe we will see them slightly slightly deeper and try to create that little bit of space for themselves for, for when they break. But as we know, a lot of teams try to do that and they just find themselves completely outplayed and not getting that control on City's midfield until it's too late, until they're already in your box. So... It's going to be an interesting dilemma for Tuchel as well to work out what, what the best approach is. It'll be, it'll be ironic, wouldn't it? Because obviously we focus, particularly in this country, obviously, about we don't, whenever a team goes out of the Champions League, but when it's City, it's, is it overthinking or can't, can they not handle the emotional setbacks or whatever? You know, there always has to be a big narrative about it. But you know, Bayern Munich managers have got nowhere to hide. And if Tuchel was to adapt that approach that seems sensible, you know, adopt that approach, sorry, that seems sensible and put more men behind the ball and play on the counter-attack. But like you say, City were able to just dominate and pick them off. That all of a sudden would be going against Bayern's principles and he should have done this, he should have done that. And I'm sure the, the German press and all the former Bayern greats, some of them that are still employed by the club, will will make their their voices heard on that. So, yeah, like, like I say, Pep's got, going to have a lot going on in his head, but Tuchel's got a lot to deal with as well. Because look, like you say, they've already gone out of the cup. If if it's all hypothetical, but if they were to to take that defensive approach and like really be outplayed by City in the same way that Chelsea were in those league games, then you know, he's going to be backs against the wall straight away. Two things on that, Raf, if I can. First of all, what would the reaction amongst the Bayern fans, but also you know the the German media, be if if Bayern simply did just sit back over two legs against Manchester City and if not park the bus, at least, you know, leave it in neutral or something. And also, like, how how able do you think Tuchel is to mould this Bayern team who are so used to just blowing sides away in Germany, not exactly, you know, having to play this defensive style? How, how able is Tuchel to mould them into something coherent in such a short space of time to take on, you know, arguably the best team in Europe? 
Well, um, it's hard to to prejudge this matter because Bayern, they can change when necessary. One of the biggest results in, in recent history was the 4-0 win against Barcelona in the semi-final on the, on the way up to, to winning the treble in 2013. And for that game, Bayern actually played on the break at home. Um, they waited for Barcelona to commit men forward. They funneled Messi in central areas, broke really quick and and destroyed Barcelona on the break. And of course, Heinkes was hailed as a genius and the fact that sort of he went against Bayern's principles, nobody really cared. If they win, he's a genius. If they, if they lose, they're a failure. That's how it will be decided. Sorry, Rafa, that, that, that was my view on it. But obviously, you, you'll know what actually happened. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Niko Kovac tried a similar th- approach against Liverpool and was hailed sort of as a, as a master tactician when they came away with a nil-nil draw from Anfield. But in the second leg, you could see that this was just based on the flimsiest of foundations. And Bayern had nothing going forward and they got beaten 3-1 in Munich. And it wasn't so much what the public said. It was more that internally the players absolutely hated that approach, thinking, why is it that we're sitting back? Why are we playing on the break? We've just won um, you know, big games in, in recent years. We came very close to winning the Champions League under Pep. And now we're playing like a small side. So it's it's always a question of how you how you play that system, how you play that a reactive style if it really comes just down to putting long balls up front um, it can look a little bit ugly a little bit clueless I think Tuchel's system will be different and one thing we haven't mentioned yet which is the fact that Eric Maxim Chupomoting is not playing he didn't travel to Manchester on Monday which means that Tuchel will have to play either a force nine or a sort of a semi-force nine in Serge Gnabry which in itself might make him perhaps more amenable or shall we say might tempt him to play a more reactive style because you have the pace of Leroy Sané of Kingsley Coman of also of Musiala uh, on the break when there's space available so why not make that negative that disadvantage of not having a an orthodox center forward and do what he did at Chelsea so we have some interesting parallels because of course to a large extent, his time at Chelsea was also blighted by the fact that he either didn't have a centre-forward or didn't have a centre-forward that worked for him. Now he'll have to do with the same same problem, if you can call it that, going to that game against City. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Wrexham, all new, Thursdays on FX, stream on Hulu. This is the Athletic Football Podcast. I'm Ian Irving. I'm with Sam Lee and also Raphael Honigstein looking ahead to Manchester City against Bayern Munich later on. Let's home in then on some of the key players in this game. Jao Cancelo is probably the most intriguing. We'll come to him in a moment. But the major issue for Bayern, Sam, I guess, is Erling Haaland, isn't it? I mean, do you think Haaland would have been a difference in the 2021 final if he'd been playing? Would he have decided that game in Manchester City's favour or is that just too simplistic? 
how many goals had, had Haaland got at Dortmund at that point? I'm trying to remember how, how like, obviously he got, what, 85 goals in 86 games or whatever, so he must have been doing pretty well. What about this Haaland in that Manchester City team to make it easier? Well, it, it's not easier, is it? Because it was only a few weeks ago. And to be fair, look, if Bayern, if Bayern put loads of men behind the ball and they make the game like, I don't know, United made it at Old Trafford or Spurs made it at, at Tottenham, um, to a lesser extent, Liverpool at Anfield, all of a sudden City can't get the ball to Haaland and then it becomes, oh, does this guy really fit in or do they still need to do this, they still need to do that? <laughs> if Bayern try and play, then City can try and win the ball high up and De Bruyne can find him or City will just have shots and they'll come off the post or the goalkeeper and he'll score the rebound, which is what happened against Leipzig. So it's not that simple. If if he'd have played against Chelsea and it'd been at the end of his first season and he'd had these kind of some games they're not quite clicking and some games he's scoring five, maybe they wouldn't have clicked. If Aguero had been fit, maybe because you know he understands it, it's possible. But there's loads of other, you know, on on the whole overthinking thing. I asked Guardiola at the press conference, like, could you just explain to us that team from the Champions League final? Because it was when played Gundogan at holding midfield for the first time in like 18 months, hadn't played there all season, hadn't played Raheem Sterling in any of the like knockout games apart from the first leg of the last 16. Then he came in for the final, moved Foden inside. He'd been doing really well on the wing, changed the pressing, but he was just like, look, he went back on the whole overthinking thing. You know, if, if I win, I'm a genius. If I lose, I'm a failure, that kind of thing. So putting a forward in that team, putting Haaland in that team, would he have even started him? Would he have gone for a false nine instead? Like, who knows? Like, who knows? And, if if they can get him in the game against Bayern, maybe he scores a hat-trick. But if Bayern sit back and reduce the spaces and stop the passes going to him, maybe people are saying he doesn't suit City again. Like Genuinely, either of those things could happen. So whether it was two years ago or whether it's now, honestly, who knows? How much of Bayern's plan then, to put it more simply, perhaps this is easier to answer, will surround stopping Erling Haaland, Rafa? Um, well, a large a large part of the plan will, will be about that. Um they had a similar situation, of course, going into the PSG game where they felt it's really all about stopping um, Kylian Mbappe. Um, they found it relatively easy on the night, but that was because I think the quality behind Mbappe was was really lacking. Uh, you had Messi and Verratti and then almost no one offering anything. Uh, City are a very different side. It's not just about taking Haaland out of the game. You have to deal with so many problems and uh, so much possession from City likely. So... Yes, you try to not let Haaland have the ball, ideally, not in the box if possible. But I think it'll come down to more what happens before that. Because as we know, if there's one thing Haaland can't really do, which is to pick up the ball and then make things happen for, for himself from, from deep positions, unlike Mbappe, for example. So you have to deal with the supply. You have to make sure that there's good pressure on the on the likes of players that are likely to find him. Uh, we saw some goals, especially in the group stage, where most centre-forwards wouldn't have got there, but he gets there because he's so tall and so acrobatic and it's effectively impossible to defend once that cross comes in. So you'll have to deal with the cross itself. You have to find a good balance between defending the space and trying to put pressure on the ball at the same time. That's going to be the, the key objective for Bayern. And of course, hope that you can be efficient in your breaks the one problem that they had against Freiburg in that uh, Bundesliga game which they won they had three or four really good chances to make it 2-0 3-0 4-0 which would have put a very different spin on results which I think would have helped the team go with real confidence to to Manchester but because they couldn't convert their chances it uh, was still a very nervy and edgy game and not the idea preparation in that sense 
if they can find that efficiency, if Leroy Sané takes one of his chances that he didn't take against Freiburg, if Serge Gnabry has a better game up front, if uh, Jamal Musiala finds the kind of finish that he's capable of, we we can see a, a decent Bayern result emerging, but they will need the perfect performance. And the problem is that they've had very few of those perfect performances throughout the season. But maybe, I don't know what Sam thinks, but maybe the same can be said of, of Manchester City, who for all their brilliance have had perhaps only three or four games where everything has come together in the manner that Pep would have expected. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. Um, it just feels like a lot of those games have been like the last three or four. That's the issue, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're really cooking now. And there's an element of that is in the Leipzig game, the Burnley game and the Liverpool game, they played against teams that wanted to play against them. They wanted the ball at the back. They gave opportunities to win it high up or they pressed high up, which gives opportunity to City to play the passes around. And then as soon as they get it into midfield, turn around, give it out to the wingers and all of a sudden it looks like a counter-attack but you're going from your own goal kick. City is so good at that and those teams have kind of played into their hands with that, even Southampton to an extent at the weekend. Now, as soon as they come up against a team that just sits back, maybe it goes back to earlier in the season where it's like, oh, they can't get the ball to Haaland and you know, maybe they need, I don't know, De Bruyne to score a free kick or you know, Grealish is in better form now so maybe him do, he do something. But yeah, it's like they've answered those questions recently and they really do look like they've clicked. It looks like the normal city that we expect at this time of year, which is, you know, pretty relentless version. Um but again, that's why I'm I'm kind of so focused on this buy and approach because there's, you know, they've kind of answered the questions how they can play in like an open transitional game or at least when they're they're allowed to to play through teams. But breaking down a team is, you know, it's still something they've not I don't want to say not proved this season, but they haven't got to where they are now in the last few games by doing that. The one shame about this meeting between Tuchel and Guardiola is, uh, which by coincidence is the first time that these two teams have met in a knockout, uh, knockout stage of a competition, is that there is a big difference between a team that's had nearly seven years of their coach and a team that's had 10 days of their coach. So... I think if we expect sort of the fully formed kind of Tuchel football to emerge, um, it's probably unrealistic, which is perhaps another reason why he will try to do the basics right. And I don't think it is a, is a great secret in football that it's easier to set up a team to play without the ball than with it, um, especially against a side like, uh, like City who puts so much pressure on you. So I think the shortness of time might be another reason why he'll say, look, just keep this very simple. Um, play that 5-5 system effectively without the ball that we did against uh, Dortmund. Um, don't uh, don't give them spaces on the wing or in the half spaces where City like to attack and then we'll hit them on the break. Bang! <laughs> on paper, it'll look, it'll look easier than, the, than at the Etihad. But there's a chance that we'll see some kind of version of that game plan tonight. Right, let, let's do the... Um... I don't know if it's the elephant in the room necessarily, but it's an intriguing aspect of, of this tie. Jao Cancelo. Um, Raph, first of all, do you, do you think he'll play this game for Bayern? I, I'm doubtful. I'm doubtful. I think uh, Benjamin Pavard on the right is the more pragmatic approach and would fit in with this idea that Bayern will be without the ball. You want Cancelo to, to be a midfielder effectively. You want him to play uh, really high up the pitch or in inside positions on, on the ball. That's why we saw him against uh, Freiburg when Bayern played against a very deep um, deep team that gave him a lot of um, a lot of possession. Cancelo is the better player there. 
but um, despite the extra motivation yeah. and the psychological advantage perhaps of playing him, I think he's more likely to start to start on the bench. That would be a real disappointment, I have to say, for fans of narratives. Well, I mean, you've got the potential narrative of you know Guardiola knowing exactly his strengths, but knowing exactly his limitations. And I'm this isn't a dig at Zinchenko in any way. I'm a massive, massive Zinchenko fan. But when he got nutmeg by Trent Alexander-Arnold, you had loads of City fans going, look, this is what you get. He's a, he's, a, he's great leadership going forward, keeping the ball, all this kind of stuff, but he's not really a great defender, which I think is a bit harsh because he just happened to get caught out once. But with Cancelo, it's perhaps more so the case. You know, he's very eye-catching going forward, but he's probably even more limited defensively. And nobody's going to know that better than, than Guardiola and City. So it'd be very interesting to see how they were to play that if he did play. We're quite a few weeks on from what was at the time quite a shock move for, for Cancelo from City to Bayern, Sam. What do you make of the fallout since? Has it been a has it been a boost for City? Has it been an issue to get over? How have you seen it? Yeah, I think it clearly has. I think it clearly has. Um, you see, of all the different problems they had in the dressing room, look, they had loads of different things going on, things that have been solved, mainly have been solved, some that haven't. Obviously, Guardiola, before Cancelo left, before the Cancelo stuff properly came to light, you know, he called out all the players after that game against Tottenham, called out the whole club because he said he wanted a reaction. Um, Cancelo, you know, as a as a time when he was trying to get that reaction, he then had Cancelo kind of continuing to make life difficult behind the scenes. So it was obvious, you know, you're letting a player go who's fantastic in a position you're not very well equipped in, in terms of numbers. So what's going on? It's obvious something wasn't right. Uh, and yeah, since then... We've seen the team, you know, that element of complacency, the kind of the complaining has been, I don't want to say eradicated, but minimised. The vast majority of that City squad now are pulling in the right direction, whereas before they weren't. So I think getting rid of Cancelo, even temporarily, has helped. But there's other parts of that as well. And you know, I think those the, the timing of the Premier League charges actually helped galvanise City a bit because they dropped like 12 hours after City lost at Spurs and, and didn't play very well. And it looked like, oh, what's going on here? And all of a sudden... They had this siege mentality. So that's helped as well. But um, yeah, definitely um, taking Cancelo out of the dressing room environment um, has had a positive effect, I would say. And Pep's sort of plan or journey towards replacing Cancelo and, and switching the, the systems that he's played at the back um, led him to this really revealing um, quote from the press conference at the end of last week that Kyle Walker can't play, in his opinion, in that inverted fullback role, stepping forward from a from a four, which I don't know, sat in the room at the time, felt like a really pointed comment about Kyle Walker. Um, I don't suppose he's going to feature in this game, Sam, is he? Well, it depends because if if Guardiola decides that he doesn't need that inverted fullback, or he can get it another way, then yeah, it's certainly possible because Rico Lewis was the the John Stones of January in terms of the defender that can go into midfield and do really well. That was when Walker was out of the team again after the World Cup. And then all of a sudden, they played Arsenal in the FA Cup. Arsenal did man-to-man marking. And when it was man-to-man marking, there's no point in having an extra man in midfield if they're all just being stood on by yeah. a midfielder. So they needed to go a bit more direct. And then in that case, he brought on Carl Walker and they went more direct to Carl Walker on the right. And he was winning more headers. And Guardiola said afterwards, look, in this type of game, you don't really need that extra man. You don't really need Rico. So it's horses for courses. Um, and at Southampton at the weekend, he brought on Walker for Stones. Presumably they were worried about Southampton nicking the ball while Stones was in midfield. And then if they were, then they only had the back three to get at. And there was maybe less coverage bringing on Walker to 
make it a flat back four and dropping Gundogan in into midfield next to Rodri they had four and then the two in midfield so they had the best of both worlds so if he decides against Bayern Munich that he needs something like that um, then it's certainly possible I would guess he'd stick with Stones basically the idea is between now and the end of the season they'll need they'll need Carl Walker whether it's for just to give players rest for an FA Cup semi-final or maybe when they play Arsenal they're going to need to go direct again and they'll they'll need him for the out ball you know they, they're going to need they're going to need Carl Walker but yeah in terms of it being a pointed statement, I'm sure there was an element of book up your ideas because he was one of the players, not to quite the same extent as Cancelo, after the World Cup, who had their eye off the ball. Then he got better. And then there was obviously those stories in the media recently. And since then, he's only started one game and that was in the FA Cup. So I think it's factual. He can't go into midfield and be as effective on the ball under pressure as John Stones is. That's a factual statement. But the other, the other part of it is... Yeah, you know, now people are looking at you. So how are you going to respond? Yeah, there is definitely a bit of that, undoubtedly. And it did feel like it was not just an answer about that particular aspect of of the tactical setup for City, but maybe a bit of a clue about sort of Kyle Walker's standing around the club at the moment and his future possibly as well. Um, right, final point then on, on the match tonight, really. Um, Rafa, I know I've asked you sort of questions more from the Bayern Munich angle, but you, you have covered them in the past where they have won the treble. Manchester City, of course, have never done that. But at the moment, there's something like 16 matches away from potentially doing it. It's not really been much of a conversation this season um, around the Premier League, around English football, that City could do it. But the position that they're in now, they look extremely strong. And if they can get past Bayern Munich, what do you reckon? Yeah, I think the reason that people haven't talked about it more is because the the draw has been very unkind to to City and it feels a little bit presumptuous when you have to play Bayern and then probably Real Madrid even to just get to the final to talk too much about the treble. Also, of course, the position in the Premier League has been one of of chasing Arsenal throughout the season. So I think it's different when you are um, seen as favourites to win these competitions, when you are uh, leading, when you are in a prime position and City sort of have to come behind from behind in a way even though it doesn't make much sense saying that in a, in a club competition. But you know what I mean? They, they're they not starting from the position where uh, people feel this is their their title to throw away or they're, they're huge favourites. I think they'll have to win it the hard way. And because they have that um, historical issue with, with winning it and with going over the line, I think people will question their credentials until they do it. That is the nature of of the game of football. Until you're a winner, you'll you're always seen as a, as a loser, whether that's fair or not, is, is a different story. It'd be very interesting because uh, Bayern are still influenced to some extent by, by what Pep did there. Uh, Bayern and uh, some players still have very fond memories of him, have learned a lot. And uh, in Sané and Cancelo, they have two players who, of course, have worked with Pep recently and might stand in his way when it comes to winning the Champions League, just as arguably Sinchenko and Gabriel Jesus uh, are doing for Arsenal. So uh, Pep could be seen as, if not the architect of his own problems, but at least as somebody who perhaps has given other teams ammunition uh, to hurt his own targets. And that would be um, that'd be quite an ironic development. But let's, let's see how the game goes. I think um, we're in for a fascinating tie and it should be, should be super interesting, irrespective of the result. Sam, City 8-1 to one with bet 365 for the treble, which seems very short. Yeah, it's ridiculously short. I mean, they can do it, but like, teams don't teams just don't do it that often. Like It's really, really difficult to do. Like, it's, 
eight to y- one. Ridiculous. Yet we talk about it at this sort of stage of the season almost every year. I think Liverpool were the quadruple. That was the twist on it. On it all. This well, so was United. Year. Yeah, that's our mental. This, this, these conversations are so was United. What a month ago. I mean, yeah. we're either talking about um, them doing the trouble, or we're talking about not talking about them doing the trouble. Yes, there is that, and that's the way this conversation has gone. Uh, Rafford gave a little bit of a hint there about how he sees this tie going. Sam, what do you think? The fact that the second legs at Bayern, you know, makes things interesting. How does Guardiola approach the game there? Normally away from home, when he doesn't want games to end up being ding dong, end to end, counter attacking affairs. He kind of closes them up. They're the performances that City fans don't tend to like. Um, and also, I suppose then, but if by if you then make the the margins even tighter, then you're even more of a hostage to fortune. But at the risk of, you know, you, you can come back and laugh at me if this doesn't. We'll um, clip it up. Don't out. worry. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. But I mean, I I think they'll win it this year. Like like Rafa was saying, look, they've got seven years of Pep as opposed to like ten days of Tuchel. That that's a big difference. When you say win it this year, though, you mean the entire competition? What, the Champions League, yeah. I think they'll win the Champions League. Why do you feel so strongly about that? Because I think they're going to play against teams that that let them play. Um, they're going to play against teams that try and try and press them to some extent. Okay, if they've got to play Real Madrid, maybe Real Madrid try and sit back. But at some point, Real Madrid, they won't just sit in front of their goal the whole game. And I think as soon as you open up any kind of space against City whatsoever, you've you've now got a problem where Haaland's just going to get the chances. And if you've got Haaland getting the chances, then it's already too late. Um, and I, I, that's the thing. I think if they were going to play the Champions League against loads of really defensive, you know, kind of mid-2000s Italian teams, or obviously 90s Italian teams, or, you know, when like Benitez, Benitez is football, Mourinho is football, Simeone, if you were playing those kind of teams, I'd say uh, it's difficult. But if City are going to play against teams who've got some adventure about them, or top teams who, have, who feel an obligation to play... I just think City can actually, they can rack up a few goals and I think that's what they'll do against Bayern. They might concede a few, but I think they might they might score more. Rafa, final word. I don't think I'd be telling any secrets that Bayern don't see themselves as out-and-out favourites, but it's not a, a massive underdog situation either. They go into this game thinking they have to play their very best and then they got a chance. And because we've seen their very best so rarely this season, it is probably more of a 60-40 situation in City's favour. But Bayern, I think, will will take those odds and hope that the tie is still alive for the second leg. I think Sam is right to mention that. Uh, the atmosphere for the second leg against PSG was absolutely bouncing in the Allianz Arena, which is not something that happens very often. Every throw, every tackle was applauded. Again, usually the locals don't care about such uh, mundane things. Um, and I think we'll have a similar situation with City because City... Um, aren't just a big side coming to, to Munich, but they are seen as everything that's wrong with modern football, uh, not just in Bavaria, but in large sections of, of sort of the German football public. And they will try to sort of use that to build up the emotions and make this into some sort of good against evil uh, battle, even though it's, it is, of course, very you know, reductionist to, to put it those, in those terms. But it helped against PSG, I think, that uh, mindset and they will try to to utilize it again but of course for that they need a good result in the first leg to begin with 
Okay, that certainly sets things up very nicely uh, for later on. Good versus evil, we should have started with that, I think, at the very I, top I of the podcast. I don't think we should have. <laughs> Sam, thank you so much, Rafa, as well. Enjoy the match later on. Remember, you can subscribe to The Athletic for just £1 a month for the first year at theathletic.com forward slash football pop. But for the moment, thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye. The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.